Alrighty, folks, it's time to jump into the mailbag. Remember, you have to be a subscriber in order to have your question answered. So head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Bob says, hey, Ben, you answered a question on a previous mailbag about planned obsolescence that I thought was interesting. As a follow-up to that question, I similarly have a, I similarly have a socialist-minded friend who claims capitalism thwarts progress rather than facilitates it. He points to the profit motive of the pharmaceutical industry, for instance, and uses an old cliche we are all familiar with. The money is in the treatment, not the cure. He claims that if there was, quote, no such thing as money, end quote, the medical and pharmaceutical industries would be incentivized to cure disease rather than treat it. What would you say to rebut this notion? Do you believe that if a cure for, say, Alzheimer's were discovered tomorrow, it would be withheld for purposes of profit? Okay, so let's start with um, the, the there are two basic ideas here that are wrong. One is that if you got rid of money, that you would be therefore incentivized to cure Alzheimer's. How? With what? What would the incentive be? Altruism? Altruism, very weak incentive structure for most human beings, especially when you're talking about dedicating your entire life at presumably no pay and with no remuneration for, uh, for any of that sort of stuff. Okay, so you do, in fact, need an incentive structure. Two, as far as the idea that if there were a cure for Alzheimer's discovered tomorrow, that that would be hidden, the answer there is no, because it would be the most lucrative drug in world history. In world history, you could charge whatever you wanted to governments all over the world for that drug. This happens all the time, by the way. I mean, the, the reality is that, for example, the amount of money to be made in treating, say, chickenpox is greater than the amount of money to be made in vaccination for chickenpox. That, that's just a, a, a fact because you have all sorts of palliatives and you have all sorts of stuff that you could do to, to sort of mitigate the symptoms. And yet the vaccine for chickenpox was promulgated. This happens, again, all the time in medicine. It turns out that the competitive market means that if somebody's able to edge out a product with a superior product, they will do it, even if it means that the problem is cured in the long run. How many human problems have been cured over the course of capitalism? A lot. How many have ever been cured by socialism? Pretty much zero. Alexander says, I often hear you say everything is baked into the cake when it comes to Trump and his voters. I agree. Can't the same be said about Biden? I mean, he's been in office for over 50 years. No, because the perception of Biden as a genial elderly fellow that has been shattered by his actual presidency. He's now seen largely as mean, incompetent, and senile. That is a difference from where he was even three, four years ago, where he was largely seen as a nice guy, not all there, but nice enough guy with basically moderate principles. When you can change everybody's opinion of a person, that means it's not baked into the cake. Has anyone had their opinion of Trump changed over the past few years? Not really. Lee says, hey, Ben, back in high school, I took AP U.S. history. Unfortunately, I didn't put much efforts into the class and never took the time to truly study and appreciate our country's history. Now, similar to the stand-up routine by Shane Gillis you reviewed recently, I've recently found myself interested in studying World War II the older I get. I've been watching shows like Band of Brothers, movies like Dunkirk, The Darkest Hour, Saving Private Ryan. Are there any other movies and books you think are required reading to understand the Second World War? Well, I mean, if you're into sort of require, required reading, there's tons of books. Rick Atkinson has a fantastic three-part series on the war in... Um, in Europe, starts in North Africa, moves on into Europe. Uh, there, there's a, a great book by Neil Ferguson called The War of the World. It talks about everything from World War I to the end of World War II. Great book by Victor Davis Hanson about the Second World Wars. Winston Churchill has like a six-volume series on the Second World War. Martin Gilbert has a history of the Second World War. There's like a ton of great histories of the Second World War, like a ton of them. And so, you know, you, you can find a lot on them. As far as sort of TV and, and movies, you've covered some of the really good ones. Obviously, I think Band of Brothers is the best one. Um, but it, there, there's a lot on the Second World War. There's no shortage of material. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, the holidays are hard enough. 
Make things easier than ever with Stamps.com. Stamps.com has been helping businesses like yours save time and money during the holiday rush for 25 years with easy access to USPS and UPS services and premium rates for all your postage needs. Stamps.com lets you print your own postage and shipping labels directly from your home or office space. It's incredibly convenient. Your shipping labels are ready to go in minutes, so you can get back to running your business sooner. We don't waste our time here at The Daily Wire. We don't have the time or the money to do that sort of stuff, so we've used Stamps.com instead since 2017. Our office management staff loves Stamps.com because they don't have to spend hours at the post office anymore. Stamps.com offers rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to 84% off USPS and UPS. Plus, they'll automatically tell you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable to over a million businesses. You can print postage wherever you do business. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Set your business up for success. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code Shapiro for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and free digital scale. No long-term commitments, no contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click that microphone at the top of the homepage and enter promo code Shapiro. Kathy says, you mentioned in a recent episode, Hamas headgear is illegal to wear in the UK, which I did not know. I'm curious. Do you agree on a principled level they should be banned? Well, it's a terror. You mean like a terrorist headpiece? You mean like the, 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 shouldn't people be allowed to wear whatever they want on their heads? Would you be against such a ban in the US? Would that violate our free speech laws? Uh, It would violate our free speech laws to tell people that they cannot wear like a Hamas hat or a Hamas shirt. With that said, is there a difference between wearing a Hamas shirt and say burning a cross? Because the Supreme Court has actually found that it is conduct to burn a cross. Unclear what the case would be if you're wearing a Hamas t-shirt. Does that sort of amount to intimidation or is that really more just like, hey guys, I really like Hamas. Hamas is great. I'm not sure the answer to that under current Supreme Court jurisprudence. I would imagine it falls under free speech. There will be social penalties for doing that, which I think are, are probably pretty good. Mary says, can you comment on the lack of coverage being given to the hostages in Gaza and how this compares to the coverage of other hostage crises in history? Thank you. God bless you, your family, your work in Israel. I'll continue to pray for the Jewish community as you most certainly continue to mourn. Um, yeah, I mean, the lack of coverage given to the hostages in Gaza is astonishing. If this were the Iranian hostage crisis, obviously that was like wall to wall every single day. There, there are certain hostages, like a, a journalist for the Wall Street Journal who's currently being held by the Russians. They're still headlining that. The hostages have become a third priority because again, the media's desire and the political world's desire for a moral equivalence is completely scuttled by the hostage issue. And so they've, I guess, determined to ignore it. Would you agree that love is action rather than feeling? Uh, I agree that the love that matters is action rather than feeling because the reality is that that love is only manifest in action. I mean, I think that's true about most emotions, by the way. I mean, I, I think that anger is only manifest in the actions that you take with regard to others. What people feel is a very little consequence to me. What they do is a very large consequence to me. Adam says, hey, Ben, I've been listening to Jordan Peterson's Amazing Genesis series. I was floored when he briefly mentioned that suicide basically comes from a desire to inflict ultimate revenge. That is when someone is desperate, confused, or fixated on pain and the tragedy of being itself, and they want to inflict pain on others as revenge. And the ultimate revenge is to inflict pain on others in the act of ending their life. I'm curious if that is how Judaism views suicide. Is it one of the more severe sins? And is that the reason? It would make sense to me, but I'm curious of the deep analysis Judaism might have on the topic. And also whether, also whether you think this explains some of the depravity we see among trans people with regard to suicide. Thanks for everything you and The Daily Wire are doing. Keep it coming. Well, I mean, certainly there's a lot of self-hatred that is happening with regard to you know, self-mutilation. When it comes to suicide, Judaism believes that suicide is indeed a grave sin because your body and your life do not belong to you. They are a gift from God. And so Jordan is certainly right that in a certain sense, you are taking revenge on God for having given you this body and this life. And Judaism, again, says that 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 life is not your own, which makes sense because if, again, the idea is that suicide is somehow justified by things like pain or things like quality of life, 
then that also suggests that assisted suicide is justified by those things. And it also further suggests that you as a third party can make that decision for somebody else. That if, quote unquote, somebody is suffering enough, that you should be able to end their life. You should be able to terminate them. If they aren't living a, quote unquote, full life, you should be able to do what you want with them. That demeans the value of human life in the extreme. Alrighty, folks, we've reached the end of today's show. We'll be back here tomorrow with much more. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.